Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hello guys. Happy Friday. So exciting. So today I want to talk about a super fun topic, something very enjoyable, something people totally look forward to, which is allowing things to suck. (laughs) And I'll give you some background. I was talking to a lot of clients this week around the topic of allowing um, disappointment to be there. So First, I want to give you a few client stories that I think will really resonate with all of you. And they were so powerful. I learned so much from those calls. Um, the first client I talked to, she um, struggles with binge and purging multiple times per day and has really, really been working hard on um, improving, lengthening the times between when she binges and purges and um, working on feeling her emotions and working on going through the tough times. But she called me, we talked on Monday. I was our first coaching call and she was like, this weekend wasn't very good. I'm just kind of frustrated with myself and I'm frustrated with um, the progress that I haven't um, haven't made. And uh, I talked to her about how, I asked her, you know, have you ever just kind of mourned the loss of bulimia and mourned the fact that you are giving up something through this process, even though you're ready to leave it, that you still, you know, have you ever just shed a few tears for it? And she actually, you know, got a little bit more emotional on the call just because she was like, that hits home for me. It does feel like I'm losing something. And another person I talked to, um, she was feeling guilty because she said, part of me feels like 50-50, part of me still misses bulimia, part of me still kind of wants and likes bulimia. And I kind of was like, of course, that makes total sense. But for her, she was carrying around so much guilt and shame over the fact that um, she still, some part of her still desired bulimia and still um, felt, you know, this emotional attachment towards it. And so today I really want to talk about mourning the loss of your eating disorder and how it's a real thing that we all go through, why that is, and um, also just embracing that feeling and allowing yourself to feel um, two conflicting emotions at once, wanting something and not wanting them. And so I'd like to start off by saying that it makes total sense that you would miss your eating disorder. As toxic as eating disorders are, as much as you know, no one would probably willingly go into bulimia knowing full well what we know now, if you've been bulimic, um, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you don't want it anymore. It's because it freaking sucks. It's, it's um, a relationship that really sells or um, swallows you whole in a way. And I compare it in my course a lot and to my clients, I compare bulimia all the time to um, your ex and like you're in a relationship because a lot of ways bulimia food can be like your relation, uh, someone you're dating. Um, you have secret little rendezvous with it. You go and talk to, you go and have keep secrets with bulimia. And it's something that you don't tell anyone about. It's just like your own secret little world. And bulimia can provide, um, like binging can provide such a comfort to you. Just like the fact that you have your secret of your own and also that it can be entertaining. It can be interesting. It can relieve feelings of stress. A lot of times I would eat to avoid uh, work that I had to do or eat to just not feel things, comforting. 
So bulimia, um, even though there are, there are a whole bunch of side effects that you do not want from bulimia, it is like a relationship and it did, does serve you in some way. And I think uh, maybe the eating disorder community talks about this, but people are scared to admit that. People are kind of scared to say, um, actually there's some parts of bulimia that were enjoyable. And even I would say that still, you know, I'm over two years out from my recovery and I would still sometimes look back and be like, I kind of miss some of my eating disorder days. And I know that that doesn't make it mean that I am still uh, sick or, or I'm still, I'm not fully recovered. I don't make it mean anything about me. I just mean, make it mean that, right. There was a time and place where this, this thing served me. There was a time and place where this this thing was useful to my life, but I got rid of it because it was no longer, the, the cons weren't outweighing the pros anymore. And uh, evolemia is kind of like a relationship in terms of when you break up with it, you, even though you know it's the right time to leave, it's just like a, a breakup with someone who you really love, but you know that they're also terrible for you. Breaking up with that person isn't easy, even if they're, um, I mean, maybe sometimes it depends, but uh, there are toxic relationships where you're like, bye, see ya. But there are oftentimes the conflicting relationships where it's kind of like, I know it's the right time to leave. I've outgrown you or you're just not serving me anymore or you're not you're not um, good to me. Like this isn't healthy for me. And you still feel pain in leaving that person. And for any of you guys who have gone through a breakup like that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard. It's hard to leave them even though you know it's the right choice. Making the right choice isn't always a super happy, um, rosy, peachy experience. Sometimes it's some of the hardest things that you need to do is leaving, right? It isn't easy. And uh, so missing something, having a conflicting feeling is totally normal in bulimia because of that. And also that's why when, if you break up with someone, taking time, not seeing them is so, so helpful because right then you have so many conflicting feelings. So now that I'm two or two or um, two plus years out from my eating disorder, when I have thoughts of, I kind of miss it, I can really easily squash that thought and say, no, I mean, yeah, there was some like bits of fun in it, but I, I'm done with that. I don't need that, that crap anymore. Like, I'm, I don't want to go back to that. No way. That X was crazy. Um, so I can easily, I can see the reminiscing really clearly. But if I had had that thought when I was really close and raw with my eating disorder, it would be much more conflicting. And I would be like, yeah, you know what? I kind of do miss it. I don't know. It's because the feelings are so close and it's still there. And, you know, if like, if you were, if you just broken up with your ex in real life, if you, you would, you start to only remember the good times and remember, uh, you forget a lot of the bad, a lot of the ways that they mistreated you or the way, the reasons that you broke up with them, even if they weren't abusive, um, maybe they just, you weren't a good fit. And then you hang out with them again and it's all fun and games and endorphins. And then you spend some time with them and you're like, oh, right. I remember now why I broke up with you. So uh, bulimia can be really similar to that. Um, it's all fun and games till it starts getting real. And then you're like, oh crap, this is why I broke up with you. And you need a reminder. Um, which is why relapses can be so useful in a way. They can be detrimental, but they can also be really interesting in showing you, right, this is why I left bulimia. It's fun for a second, and then it's nobody's laughing anymore. So missing bulimia, first of all, if you're in that boat, if you feel sadness towards that, 
totally normal. And here's the thing. It doesn't make it mean that you can't miss and not want something at the same time. You can want and not want something at the same time. And I think that we do this all the time in daily life and things that aren't just bulimia. Um, I get up for my day. Um, I get up for work sometimes when I don't want to, especially if I've had a later night, maybe I stayed up late, maybe I wasn't being responsible. I still wake up for work because I chose to do that for my life, right? And I get on Zoom calls with people every single day, even though I have like crippling social anxiety. It's the worst. (laughs) I don't, I just, it gets easier. But today I did my first group coaching call in our course and it was a lot of fun. I have some brave souls that got on the call with me and talked in front of other people, got coached on their issues and they were nervous. I was nervous, but we both all did it anyway because we found that the um, pros outweighed the cons, but there were parts of us that didn't want to do it. They're like, I don't, I still want to do it, but I don't really. And that's how I felt too, which is hilarious, right? But when we think about bulimia and we still have thoughts of, I kind of still miss it and I kind of still like it. There's part of me that totally likes bulimia. And then we make that mean so much and we feel so guilty about it. And that's what the, one of my clients was struggling this week. She, she felt so guilty and she was making it mean so many things about herself and you know when I talk to her I I know that she is capable of recovery and I know she's strong enough and she's I know that she has the potential and she really wants it she's working hard but when she has that one sinister thought of I still miss it she makes it mean maybe I just can't recover maybe it's just not in me this is proof that I just can't do it and that's just that's so heartbreaking to hear and so that's why I wanted to make this podcast is because that's not true it just means that you're human it means that you have um, different beliefs that can coexist at the same time it doesn't mean that you are broken no one the black and white thinking Uh, that sort of thinking is not realistic. We're complex human beings. We can have different thoughts at the same time. I was talking to another client a while ago about gratitude and how um, you can feel grateful and upset at the same time. We were talking about practicing gratitude and she is a mom and she's actually going to be um, a, a mom of a second child very soon. And um, we were talking about how, she to feel grateful like you can't ever complain or something like that i'm remembering the conversation poorly but you can feel grateful for something and still also see the aspects of it that you're not a big fan of um like owning a dog for me i love my little doggo anubis he is fantastic he's he's such a sweetie but he eats things all the time that aren't actually food and it's the most infuriating thing ever plus he um i'll tell you a funny story i guess at the end of the podcast i don't want to get too into it but he does things Um, all the time that aren't really super fun and the pros outweigh the cons but I can still be appreciative of him and love him and um, still want him in my life but also have some times where I'm like I don't like him right now I really hate this this sucks so my first suggestion to you would be to drop the shame and guilt around that it's perfectly normal for you to miss and uh, still desire bulimia it doesn't mean that you don't want to recover you can miss bulimia and want to recover at the same time just like you can miss someone that you used to date and still not want to be with them anymore it totally makes sense it's just that i think it becomes a problem when you start indulging in those feelings and you start making them uh, mean that that's all that you want people have this thing of, I miss them, so I must totally still want to be with them. Um, If you had a toxic ex and you miss them, you wouldn't make it mean that you still wanted to be with them. And if you're doing that, question those beliefs. 
that's why I find journaling so helpful is because it really helps you clearly see what's going on and get your thoughts straightened out because when it's jumbling all up in your head, it can start to get really confusing and abstract. And you're like, I think I actually do miss it. And that must mean that I have to go back to it when really it just means that that's part of you. That's something that you like to do. It served you. So that's the first thing. Drop the shame and the guilt for it. It's totally normal. And also you missing um, bulimia is a sign that you're confronting your, confronting the belief that you have to let it go. Because think about it. You can't miss something if it's there, right? You can't miss it if it's already there. And you can't even, you can't get sad about potentially missing it if you aren't toying with the idea of letting it go. So the fact that you are missing something and feeling sad about the, like one of my clients described it as sometimes I feel kind of sad that I can't eat a ton of cookies all at once. I'm, am I never going to be able to do that again? And it's like, that is totally a normal response. Totally, totally sane to think that. And while eating cookies, like tons of cookies all at once, isn't as pleasurable as not being bulimic, I would have to argue, there is a part of it eating a bunch of food has some pleasure to it totally, or we wouldn't do it, right? There's, there's no way that so many of us would have issues with food if it weren't at least mildly pleasurable, right? So first of all, totally normal person for thinking that, but you wouldn't be missing it or feeling, um, feelings of sadness if you weren't trying to get rid of it. And I've seen kind of, uh, the eating disorder community online. There's like Instagram posts where they're like, you feeling sad or upset about um, recovery is a sign that your eating disorder is fighting with you. It's a sign that it's losing. It's uncomfortable. It's a sign that your eating disorder is screaming. So I kind of agree with it in that terms. When you feel the sadness and disappointment, um, that really means that you're making some changing uh, changes and you're growing. You're growing towards a person that isn't bulimic anymore. You would literally have to mourn the loss of something in your life. And so my final suggestion to be, even though what I helped when I gave to this client and this client, um, one of them uh, that was struggling with binging and purging multiple times a day, when I asked her, have you ever just mourned the loss? Have you ever just let yourself be frustrated by the fact that this is hard and it kind of sucks in recovery? You may never get to binge again, you know, and that's a loss that's sad in a really weird way. It's sad. Have you ever just let yourself feel frustrated, shed a few tears? And she went her first day without um, binging and purging in 10 years, which is amazing. And she, you know, she's still working on it. She's not perfect, but she just let herself feel frustrated, leaned into those feelings and it worked very well for her because instead of trying to be all positive and trying to pretend like it's not that bad and just be like, I'm going to meditate, hopefully the feelings will go away. She just leaned into that discomfort and she was like, you know what? This fucking sucks. And that was the magic that worked for her that day. And uh, on top of being prepared, planning other things. But I think the overall theme is like, I feel frustrated and that's okay. really helped her. Same for you. And what I tell a lot of people is oftentimes when you're resisting binging and purging or you're resisting an urge, what people are resisting is the feeling of disappointment if they don't get to binge. Um, whenever, like if I have a meal planned at one, but I'm hungry at 12, but I'm too busy to eat or I'm focusing on something else, or I just, I plan my day to eat at one. So it's not that then it works better for me. It's more convenient for me. Sometimes I'll toy with the idea of eating when I'm not hungry or toying with the idea with eating when I am hungry, but I plan to eat at a later date. 
And what causes me so much pain is resisting that urge and um, kind of being like, no, we can negotiate, let's do this. Can we go grab a snack, blah, blah, blah. The moment though, that I finally decide, no, we're not gonna go eat that. We're just gonna chill here and do our work till one, then we're gonna eat. I feel this wave of disappointment and then it's over. And I think that's what most people are avoiding is they're avoiding feeling the sadness and the disappointment of not answering that desire, not answering that urge to eat something. Sure, sometimes there can be dramatic feelings that um, you're trying to cover up like anxiety and agitation, but a lot of times it can just be disappointment by the fact that you're not going to be able to numb out with food anymore, that you're not going to be able to eat willy-nilly. And while it seems so simple and it seems like it's not that it's kind of a first world problem, um, it's a real pain that you have. It's a real thing because you had it for a while and now you're giving it up and that is totally normal to feel disappointment over that. And it could be the feeling that you're avoiding when you have an urge. If you leave the desire to binge unanswered, if you leave the desire to um, eat food or purge unanswered, the biggest feeling that you will feel is discomfort and disappointment and sadness for not answering that desire. And that's the probably, you know, one of the biggest things I teach is that if you have desire for something, it doesn't necessarily have to be answered. And if you can just lean into the feelings of what that feels like when you don't answer it, that's where the magic and recovery happens. So hopefully this resonated with you. Hopefully some of you guys out there that feel as though you're missing bulimia or, and you feel bad about that. Maybe you're like, I'm supposed to be recovered and I'm missing it. What's wrong with me? You're a human being. And I've talked to people about this all the day, all the time for a living. And I, I felt these feelings myself. And I still sometimes feel that way. And, um, I'm able to clearly see past it, but I don't make it mean that I'm not recovered or that I still want bulimia. I just think of it as my brain malfunctioning a little bit or my brain just being silly. <laughs> Brain's just like, oh yeah, that's an old thing I used to do. And also something that gives me a lot of peace is that it makes sense. It makes sense. I had this habit for years and years and I had disordered eating for longer than bulimia. It makes sense that in times of, um, you know, anxiety, overwhelm, food is still the first thing that my brain wants to go to. And I wish it weren't that case, but here's something that is a universal truth is that we all have different coping mechanisms. We all have different ways of dealing with our problems. For us, it was our eating disorder and food. Now we just have to learn how to do it differently. But it's kind of cool because you get to learn how to create a new skill, how to break and build a new habit. And maybe it's a burden at first, but it can really create a lot of strength within you. And the things that you learn through your eating disorder, the things that you learn through recovering can make you so much more capable in life and make you so much more able to handle other things, other unanswered desire, other things that are hard to go through. Um, recovering from bulimia was one of the hardest things I ever did. And it's, it's just opened up the doors for me and opens up the door for so many of my clients. So I hope that this helped you out. Now, um, for those of you guys that don't follow me on Instagram, I said I'd promise to share a story about my dog Anubis. Um, basically, on my Instagram, I posted a story. My parents and I went to a food truck near our house um, here in Miami. We went to some sort of food truck and we took Anubis and they have a little dog, a little Yorkshire poodle. And we took our dogs with us because it's outdoor seating. 
but the food truck happened to be close to the park where I take Anubis to walk and the park is open so that I can let him run around freely. And my dog, he loves to run. It's like, and it's so helpful for him. Just like, you know, we can get agitated. Movement's good for him. Uh, good for us. Movement is so good for him. He just loves to run and sprint and he's super fast. So um, after our eating at the food truck, I figured why not just let um, him go over to the park. And Anubis, if you don't know, is food obsessed. If you think I've had a problem with food or you guys have a problem with food, you have no idea the amount that this dog desires food. And I know what you're thinking, like dogs normally are pretty food focused, but I have never seen a dog as ravenous and food crazy as Anubis. And I've had several dogs in my lifetime. I've been around dogs all my life. I grew up on a farm. Um, I had plenty of animals, but I have never seen a dog that has such issues with food. He just, we fear that if we were to let him free feed, he would just continuously eat until his stomach burst open. It just is a worrisome event. So we have to be really careful about what type of food we leave out and what type of food, how much food we give him. And we also have to be careful about him eating things that he can maybe thinks are possibly food because he will eat those too. I've had to um, you know, take him to the vet's office more than once for eating something that isn't actually digestible. So he obviously noticed the food at the food truck. That's my first mistake. And then I posted a happy picture of the food on Instagram. And then I took him to the park and the, we, I used kind of like this backwards path to get to the park from the food truck. So Anubis was kind of like tracking where we went and I went to the park and I let him free off the leash like I normally do. Normally he runs around, he stays in the park zone. Well, I let him free this time and he ran all the way back to the food truck, which is at least like two blocks away. And so this was a crazy event, right? And it was funny in hindsight, but I had to chase him all the way down, screaming my head off when I got to the food truck. Um, I sprinted there as fast as I could, but he's way faster. He was trying to steal food from the other patrons. He tried to get into the food truck to steal the food inside the food truck. It was the biggest fiasco ever. Luckily, he didn't run out into the road or anything else, but it was just like complete. Um, it was one of those moments where I just was so angry at him. And the frustrating part is that he's a dog. He doesn't realize that why I don't want him to do those things, that it's dangerous for him to be out, that who knows what type of person could have picked him up or not picked him up. Just complete lunacy. So I posted on my Instagram and my Instagram story. And I said, you know, what you see, a happy family eating, and then what you don't see. And then I described this story. So uh, anyway, I thought that would be a funny story to leave you guys on is that uh, if you're a dog mom or dad or whatever out there, I feel you. And if you're a parent out there, man, I can't even imagine. I just have a dog. I can't imagine how crazy kids are. So anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And I hope this story resonated with you. Please don't feel shame for missing bulimia. It's a totally a normal part of recovery and you can want something and not want it. Just make sure to let the want and remember why you want to recover despite missing it. Just because there was a pleasure in something doesn't mean that you have to keep it in your life. Uh, there's plenty of things that are pleasurable that you wouldn't choose to do, right? You wouldn't choose to do heroin. It's just perfectly makes total sense, right? So just because something was good doesn't mean that it still has to be in your life anymore. It doesn't mean that you still want it anymore. It just meant that it served you and it was a part of your life and you can continue. Keep trying and also embracing the suck, embracing the frustration of it. It is sad. It is frustrating. Recovery isn't always super fun. 
But if you can maybe in the moment, instead of trying to feel better, just lean into that suckiness, lean into the shitty feelings, you might be a whole much better on the other side. And oftentimes when I'm resisting feelings, they feel so much worse than when I just let myself feel the shittiness in the moment. I feel a lot better and it lasts way um, a shorter amount of time. It's just way easier. I feel much less exhausted. So hopefully that helps you guys. I'll see you um, in a next podcast next week. Thank you for listening as always. Um, I appreciate all of you guys out there listening, course members, clients. You guys are amazing and you teach me so much more than I teach you. So I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.